This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com So today we are talking about the trait of love. Love is a very big word in America. Unfortunately, it's a very misused word. It's a very misused word. For example, when a person says, I love apples, it means... I like it. I love myself. I want the apple to eat because I love myself. So the word love is misused today. It's tremendously misused. But I'm talking about the trait of love in terms of what a person loves to do. That's what we're talking about. What does a person love to do? And we know this is the first mitzvah after we say that we recognize God, the one God. The Torah says, You will love the Lord your God. It's interesting. If we go through the Torah, we see where the word love is used. Where is the first place in the Torah where the word love is used? By the Akedah. By the binding of Yitzchak. Take your son, your only son, Asher Hafta. The one you love. Interesting. The first time the word love is used, it's not used by Adam. Interesting, he doesn't say he loved his wife. He says he knew his wife. He knew his wife. He doesn't say, but Abraham and Sarah love at all. There's no love between them. He doesn't say there was love. But it says, Hashem told Abraham, whatever your wife says, listen to her. Shema Bekola, listen to her voice. But it doesn't say Abraham loves Sarah. The first time he uses love in the connection with a wife is, who loved his wife? Yitzhak. 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 Ed Rivka Ishto. It says he loved his wife. Amazing. He loved his wife. So the number one is the Torah is telling us the order of love is number one is love your child. Why? Why is the child first? Why not the spouse with first? And the answer is because normally it's it's part of a person's DNA that we love our children the most. Uh, especially a mother. A mother, oh, your yeah, yeah, mother, a Jewish mother, forget about it. She's crazy. <laughs> Jewish mothers, all they think about is their children. I know, my wife, oh, gosh. Oh, my child, my child, this one, this one, this one, this one. Worry about this one. Stop it already. He's grown up. He's 30 years old. Leave him alone. <laughs> no. Love my child, my child, my child. The love of a child is embedded in a person. You can't get it out. <clears throat> so first, the Torah says, love of a child is instinctive. It's, it's part of your instincts. Number two is love of a spouse. Love of a spouse is much harder. Why? It's not you. It's not your own flesh and blood. You have to learn to love someone who's not your own flesh and blood. So my child is me. My child, at least my child is half of me, because there's two partners and a child. If you're a grandparent, it's a quarter of you. Right? If you're a great-grandparent, it's one-eighth. It keeps on going uh, down and down. But the child is part of you. So if it's, I love myself, so I love my child. It's normal. But to love a spouse, it's much harder. Because then you first you've got to make your spouse part of you. You've got to feel like this is my right hand. It's interesting, yes. But Adam told, told um, that is my, my uh, bone. The part of my it's a matzah Yeah, my bone. But it was. For Adam, because she was created from him. Hashem took out on her side, his side. But other men, oh my, they don't feel she's part of me. What they mentioning in the, in the weddings then? It says that Hashem should... Make them rejoice like he made Adam and Chava rejoice. That's all. It doesn't say. Make them rejoice. Make them rejoice together. It's something, it's a learning experience. A person's got to feel. It says the famous story of Rabbi Ariel Levine. 
A Tzadik of Our Time. Beautiful book. You've got to get hold of this book. A Tzadik in Our Time. Very, very beautiful book by Simchar Raz. It says he was an old man. He was a, he was a big Tzadik. He's known as the Tzadik of Yerushalayim. Every kind of good kindness he did. Amazing, amazing guy. So one day he took his wife to the doctor. He went to the doctor with his wife. And the doctor says, yes, how can I help you? He says, doctor says, my wife's leg is hurting us. <laughs> so in other words, if she's in pain, I'm in pain. And uh, that's how, so it's a learning experience. Marriage is a learning experience. It's not something which comes instinctively. It's not something you feel, oh, this way, I, she's part of me. No, it's got to be, a person's got to take it and run with it. Marriage is, you've got to run with it. You've got to feel, start feeling like this person is part of me. And a person who can feel like that is very useful. Why? Because then you have two heads. I don't have one head, I have two heads. And I have four hands, and I have four legs, and I can be in two places at one time. Why? Because part of me is in a different place, doing something else. So that's something which, a per- it's a learning experience. Marriage is a learning experience. And what's number three? Love your child. Why? That's instinctive. Love your wife. That's inst- that's, it takes a little bit of more practice. What's next? Friend. Love your friend. friend as yourself. If you, Only after you can love your child, only after you can love your spouse, only after that can you even think about loving someone else. And then it says, love Hashem. Because how can a person learn to love Hashem if I don't love anyone around me? If I don't love my own child? I don't know what love is. People don't know what love is. Today people don't know what love is. Love is not loving. Love is giving. Love is giving. The source, the root of the word ahava is the word hav. Hav means to give. People don't realize it. Love today people mean to take. No. How do you love your child? You don't, what do you get from your child? Especially a little baby. What do you get from a little baby? Love, people love their little babies. Wow, that's so cute. That's so cute. I want to eat this guy up. Ah, I love that. I have a guy in the shul who loves babies. He loves babies. Right? But how do you show love of a baby? And the answer is, <laughs> you wake up in the middle of the night, change the baby's diapers. That's love. Go crazy. You can go crazy, honestly. I mean, just that baby's scream is worse than the worst alarm clock. Because that baby scream can wake a person up in the bed, sleep, middle of the night. And again, it's like there's no, there's no snooze button over there with a the baby. <laughs> Nothing can do. But why does a person do it? Why does a person get up in the middle of the night? Because they love the baby. So it's pure giving, 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 giving. Till maybe the age of five, six, seven. What can you get from a baby? A smile, maybe. If they listen to you, you're very lucky. You're very lucky. That's something a child can give back to their parents because their parents gave so much to their children. We give so much to our children. A tremendous amount. So that's love. Love, the Torah is telling us, love is giving. And only then you can get married. Because you have to know, love is giving. The trouble is, the irony is, in today's world is, you can't have a child before you get married. So, so I get married, but I don't know what love is yet because I never had a child yet. That's why it's good to have a child as soon as possible. Why? This way you know what love is and then you can get married and realize, now that love I have for my child, I've also got to show my spouse. That same love of giving and sacrificing is the same love I've got to give my spouse. And now I know what it's like to love someone else who's not my flesh and blood. Now I can work on loving my neighbor and my friend. And now after I know how it's like to love my friend, now I can love something which I can't see and I can't feel and I can't touch. I can love Hashem. And only then it says love a stranger. Because if you can't love Hashem, then what's the connection between me and a stranger? And the answer is Hashem created us both. So if I love Hashem, I can, I can love a stranger. So Ahava, he says, this is the beginning of chapter 5 of Orchot Sadikim. He says, love relates to every single trait. 
For example, you love to eat. I love to be kind. I love to be generous. I love to be gentle. I love to be person that say love with everything. So love is like a very, very general term which relates to every single thing. So that's something which he tells. And uh, however, he says, when a person starts loving evil things, that's when things go bad. Right? Person says, you know, I love staying up all night and drinking with my friends. I love staying up and partying. I love this. I love that. All these are bad things. So that kind of love is a terrible kind of love, because they're drawn to evil. So when it's when the love is of bad things, it's, there's no other worse trait than that. <coughs> love doing something bad. But when the love is for something good, it says nothing better. But you know, I love learning Torah. I love uh, being in good company. I love uh, keeping Shabbat. I love keeping kosher. I love. I love. There's nothing better than that. When a person says, I love, so love can be, it's a very general trait. What you love to do is a very general trait. A person loves good things, it's fantastic. A person loves bad things, terrible. Nothing worse than that. So that's what, a person can be known by what they love. What do you love to do? So see people, I love sports. Okay, you love sports. I love, what, what kind of sport do you love? I love watching the Knicks. I know, the Yankees. I have no, I don't know anything about sport, by the way. I'm lost in America. For me in England, I know soccer. That's what I know. That's it. <laughs> soccer and cricket. And that's, uh, but I don't love, you know. You know, the joke is someone comes uh, in England, it's like a big thing. If you support the wrong team, they'll beat you up. So you walk down the street and say, who do you support? So you say, i got to support a wife and seven kids. Say, <laughs> 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 so what? No one ever told me that before, you know. What happened? <laughs> Never had that answer before. But they can beat you up in England. You like, if you support the wrong team, they'll beat you. They'll beat you. It's terrible. But they're so mad on because I love, I love, I love, I love what you love. I love the sport. I love the sport. I love this team. I, it's crazy. It's, 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 it's. But there's worse things. Much worse things. Plus, I love to kill. Why, why, why? Terrible. You see, these guys love to kill people. It's terrible. They love to keep murder. They love to hunt. Esav loved to hunt. Imagine Esav loved to hunt. How did how did Yitzhak Avinu have a child like that? Who's wild? One loves to has spilled blood. It's a, but that a person can see, see that love is such a general term. That's what I'm trying to say. Love is a general term. You can love evil, you love good. Sometimes most people are mixed up. They love bits of evil, love bits of good as well. There's no such thing as a person who's totally evil. There's no such thing as a person who's totally good. I have a guy here, he's always asked me, where's the beer? Where's the whiskey? <laughs> Why do you love it so much? What's, what's so good about it? So a person loves God. We're after Hashem there's no higher level in service of Hashem. The highest level of service of Hashem is loving Hashem. Loving Hashem is the highest level of service of Hashem. It's so hard. Who can come along and say, I love Hashem? Who can come along and really say, I really love Hashem? All I think about all day, David Amenach says, King David says, Cholat Ani, I am love sick. Of what? Kayal Tarog Al like a a deer wait, looks for the water. So too, I'm panting for you, Hashem. Imagine, just like the deer is panting for water, I'm panting for you, Hashem. Who can say that? David Melech and his son Shlomo wrote Shira Shirim, a love song between man and God. It's amazing that. So that's a very, very high level of service of Hashem. Loving Hashem is the highest level of Hashem. In other words, a person says, you know what, I would do anything for Hashem. Avraham Avinu would do anything for Hashem, even give his son to Hashem. If Hashem would ask for his son, that was a big test. So essentially, the, 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 light, the words of the Torah are very, very important. I was going to read the words. Because the test of Abraham, it says, 
אחרי הדברים האלה. After these things, האלוהים ניסה אברהם. Then God tested Abraham. But it says what things? After what things? So the Midrash says, after what things did God test Abraham? So the Midrash says, amazing, think of this, what the Midrash says. The Midrash says, Abraham Avinu made a big party when Yitzhak was weaned from his mother. And he was four or five years old, whatever it was, he stopped having milk from his mother. Abraham Avinu makes a party, calls all the kings of the country, the princes, everyone, they have a big party. For, for his son, he had a son when he was 100 years old. Can you imagine he has a son, he's so happy, he makes a big party. After the party, it says, the Satan, the accuser, went to God. So God, this Abraham that you love so much, there's something wrong with him. He said, what's wrong? He says, he made a big party for his son, but he never gave you anything. He never gave you any sacrifice, never gave you any special attention. He made a party for his son, he made a big party, a birthday party. But he didn't, he didn't mention your name. He didn't give you anything. Hashem says, I know Abraham. Even if I would ask for his own son, he would give it to me. So that's after these things. It was, he loved God so much, he would not withhold anything from God. That's what God says to him. So I know Abraham. But the Satan said, no, test him out. And he tested him and he found it. And uh, so that's interesting. That's, that's the love. That's the love of God. So when a person uses the quality of love for good, there's nothing higher, nothing higher than that. I love doing good. I love learning Torah. I love whatever. A person loves, and they love Hashem. Love Hashem. And that's what the previous generations have that we don't have as much. The heart. They had this love for Hashem. I remember my father, my, my, my aunts, when they talked about Hashem, they talked about Hashem with love. You know, may his name be blessed forever. But they said it with all their feeling, with all their gusto. Really amazing, amazing. So they, they really, the, the previous generations, what are we like uh, compared to the previous generations? And that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, if the previous generations were angels, then we are human. If the previous angels are human, then we are? Don't say it. <laughs> And not like the donkey of Rabbi Pinchas Pinya here. We are like donkeys. If compared to them, in other words, their spiritual levels, what are we like? Why? Because they love God. We can't imagine what it's like. And now listen, he says, love can spoil good deeds when a person's love is more than their wisdom. Now we come to a very dangerous area that some people follow their emotions more than their brain. This is dangerous. A person's going to be very careful. A person says, you know, I love God, I love God, I love God. But they have to follow the right directions. Imagine. Uh, the person says, just say, the person says, I love my kid so much, I want to eat him up. Imagine he eats his kid up. So I love him, I want to, I want to love him so much, I want to eat him. You know, people that use the terminology. So that's love, which is emotion carried away. The person can smother someone with love. You know what I mean? They can spoil them. So you get spoiled brats. I love my child. My child wants this, I'll give him whatever he wants. I'm going to give him whatever he wants. You love him, love him, love him, what's going to happen? You're going to ruin him. So there's an extreme, which is very dangerous. The extreme is when the emotions take over from the brain. A person is going to be rational. We're going to live our life in a rational way. So there's all sorts of different kinds of love. One love is the love of a man for his child. And because of his great love, he may not correct them. Who is the classic example of a person in the Torah who never corrected his child? David Amelech. Avshalom. Imagine, Avshalom killed his brother. David Amelech didn't tell him anything. He says, don't come near me. He didn't tell him off. He didn't say anything to him. 
Why? What, why? Why not come near me? He wouldn't tell him. He wouldn't say anything. Adoniyahu anointed himself as king. David Amalek is still alive. He didn't say him anything. It's amazing. He wouldn't rebuke his children. <coughs> Terrible. Why? He loved his children. So that's the danger of love with no common sense. No common sense. Unfortunately, David Amalek. Imagine the great David. David Amalek has tremendous love, but he couldn't love. He couldn't rebuke his own children. So what happens? The children are going to get spoiled. That's when all his kids got ruined. Terrible, terrible. The second kind of love. Love of money. Oy, oy, oy. All the person loves is money. And therefore what's going to happen? He's going to crook, steal, rob. Because he loves money. Do anything for money. So he'll de- desire other people's money. He'll be jealous of other people. In order to increase his money. And uh, he won't give tzedakah because he's, he loves his money. So that is a very dangerous kind of love. So number one love is, look at this, number one love is love of children. It's amazing. He's putting love in, in order. What do people love the most? Their children. Hopefully. That's natural. But there's a love of children which can go too far, can ruin the children. Number two is love of money. That's understandable. A person needs money. We can't... If there's no flowers, there's no Torah. But a person who loves his money is not going to give it to that guy. He's not going to do it all. He's not going to buy a love. He's not going to do anything. He'll steal. That's the danger. The third love is love of a spouse. So look, Shlomo Melech. I'm going to come to it. Where's the boys? Oh, yeah. um, we're going through Melachim, the book of kings. And you see Shlomo Melech, he marries all, he marries Paro's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter, imagine. We're in the book of Shemot talking about how the Jews suffered. And here's Shlomo Melech marrying Paro's daughter, and he loved her so much that she corrupted him. He was late to dedicate the bed of Mikdash. Why was he late? She put curtains everywhere with stars sparkling, and she thought it's still middle of the night. He would wake up and say, Go back to sleep, it's still dark outside. Stars are still shining. So that corrupted him. She corrupted, she removed from his heart the desire to fill the commandments. So that can happen for a man. And come to immoral conduct because of his love, his desires, he can't control. The fourth kind of love, this is very interesting, is a love of man for his relatives. And because of that, he helps them with their quarrels. He doesn't know whether they're right or wrong, he's willing to fight for them even when they're wrong. My relative, my relative. It's interesting, it's interesting halakha. Today, if you go to court and they're looking for a murderer, and the murderer comes and he says, I'm the murderer. Okay, they'll catch him, they'll do that. Great, very, very good. The guy admitted. What more do you have? There's nothing better in the court than admission. The guy admits. I, ki- I killed the guy. That's what they can do. Put him in jail on his own admission. He says, I admitted. In Jewish law, a guy comes along and says, I admitted. We don't listen to him. Very straight. We don't believe him. Why don't we believe him? So we have a general rule. In Judaism, it says, Ein Adam Mesimitas Mo Rasha. A person will never say he's guilty. A na- normal person will never come to court and admit he's guilty. If he does, he's hiding out for someone else. He's covering up for his spouse. He's covering up for his relative. He's covering up for someone else. Just to say, I'm guilty, not them. That's a pride. And that's number, that's number four. The love a person has for the relatives, <laughs> he's going to help them. Whether they're right or whether they're wrong, whether they give him good advice, whether they give him bad advice, it's my relative, it's my relative, it's my relative. That's number four. Number five. Well, this is hard. Number five is a person loves their own life. A person loves long life. We all love long life. 
unfortunately, we don't do as much as we should to be healthy and look after ourselves. But a person loves long life, <coughs> and because he loves his long life, maybe he won't stand within a test. Baruch Hashem, we don't have these tests today. But in those days, they had the Crusaders and whatever they had. Jews would have to die. That's a test. We talked about yesterday the Rambam and Islam and other things. You have to die, not die. The Rambam says you don't have to die. But that's a test of your life. Your life. Person loves their life. It's natural. I should put an instinct into us to love ourselves. Otherwise, we won't, we won't be alive. Very simple. The sixth love is the love of honor. A person loves to be honored by people. And when a person does a mitzvah, he says, you know why I'm doing this? Deep down, why am I doing this? I want people to look at me and say, wow, what amazing mitzvah that guy did. Amazing. And they got to honor me. Gava. Gava. It's kind of gava. It's covered. He loves honor. He loves honor. He'll run after honor. The Mishnah says, whoever loves honor, the honor runs away from the person. The more a person loves honor, the less honor he gets. Because people don't like people who love honor. But the one who runs away from honor, the honor runs after him. <laughs> so the guy comes to the rabbi. He says, Rabbi, he says, I've been running away from honor all my life. But the honor never caught up to me. He said, because you've been looking behind your shoulder all the time. Where's the honor? Where's the honor? So. And now we come to the seventh level, which is the worst of all, and the, the one we all love. And that is pleasure. Love, pleasure. Love eating, drinking, pleasure, excursions, wine. A person who goes to parties and feasts will forget Hashem. A person who runs after pleasure will forget about Hashem. And that's what the Torah says, Vayishman Yeshurun Vayivat. Yeshurun will get fat. Why do they get fat? Because they're running after pleasures. Get fat and kick Hashem. And that is the danger of loving pleasures. So now, a person sees, I want to escape from these kind of loves, these false loves. Okay, I love my children, but I have to learn how to rebuke them. I can't. You know, some people, they can't. They love their child so much, they won't tell them anything. No, I can't. You know, come the first word you're going to teach a child is no. My uh, one of my relatives, uh, when the child says, "I want this," she would say, "Whoever wants will never get." <laughs> if you want something, you'll never get it. Please, can I have? Okay, maybe, but I want. No, you'll never get. <laughs> you got to be a tough character to do that. <laughs> so. Yeah, my, my, okay, I can't tell you who it was. But I know someone. The grandchild would come in, say, Grandma, can you give me some chocolate? Like, he's so sweet, appealing. Like, Grandma, can you give me some chocolate? No, I will not give you chocolate. <laughs> so the aunt would come and say, Ah, no, poor boy, I'll give you chocolate. Don't worry, I'll be. <laughs> but to teach a child no today is like, what a cruel parent but it's the best treatment for a child. A child has to know you can't get whatever you want whenever you want because that's how you spoil a child and that's how people grow up feeling I deserve everything. I get whatever I want whenever I want and if I can do it all my life. Can't. There's laws. There's rules in the country. And a person who never gets the word no will automatically break the law. And that's what David Amenah didn't do to his children, unfortunately. So a person who wants to escape all these loves will need great wisdom and much courage. Lest the person be caught in the pit. Can you imagine? The whole focus of our Judaism is to break one's desires. You love it? Well, not now. Imagine a person wakes up in the morning. I'm hungry. 
A Jewish kid wakes up in the morning. I'm hungry. So what do you tell your kid? Number one is, did you wash hands? No. Well, you got to wash hands first. You can't do anything. Okay. Goes, wash his hands. Now what? Daddy, can I get food now? I'm hungry. You say morning blessings? No. Well, go say morning blessings. I guess I can. Daddy, I came. I said morning blessings. One more now. You got to go pray. Shacharit. Harit? Yeah. <laughs> Comes back. Daddy, now can I eat now something? He said, okay. Now you have to go wash hands for bread. <laughs> Come back. Hey, can I eat now? Hamotzi. Then I can eat. Okay, Daddy, now I'm going to go play. No, no, no. You're going to say, Amazon. Sit down. Another two, few, a few minutes. So it's all about breaking one's desires. You cannot have everything whenever you want. If you do, you have to first say a bracha. You have to control yourself to the point. So some people, they swallow the bracha with the food. It's gone. Bracha's gone. The food's gone. Everything's gone. So that's the whole idea. The idea is to break these <coughs> desires, which are loves. I love to eat. I love to drink. I love... Slow down. That's my Kiddush. You know, yeah, the Shabbat, I caught a few people, they're eating before Kiddush. You don't have to eat before Kiddush. you got to wait till the you know, people say Kiddush. So some people say Kiddush at home. I don't know who says what. But I'm just saying, in general, a person's not allowed to eat before Kiddush. It's Friday night. You can't eat or drink without Kiddush. Once you're ready, prayed, uh, it's dark, it's, uh, that's it, sunset, you can't eat, you can't drink. You've got to wait to Kiddush. All this teaches us to control. It's all controlling our loves. What we love, control. So it's very hard. Because it involves self-control. <laughs> self-control is the hardest thing. A person has to learn self-control. And therefore, a person who really loves one's children has to guide them in the paths of justice. To guide them how to serve Hashem. You know, there's a beautiful line. Shlomo, David Amelach says in Tehili. He compares children to arrows. In Shia Malos, one of the Shia Malos. He says, Kechitzim biyad gibor. Like the arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior. Abanei Nerim. The children want youth. Now what's the connection between children and arrows? So there's a couple of connections. Number one is, the arrow goes as far as you will pull the bow back. Where do you pull the bow back to? Your heart. If you pull that bow back to your heart, your child, you love your child, that child will go further. If you give a, a child love and security, the child's going to go further. You don't give a love, child love and security, it's not going to go far. That's number one. Number two, children are like arrows. What does that mean? As soon as you educate them, you lose control. They grow up and they move away. It all depends on how you aim the arrow. If you aim them in the right direction, all their lives will be like that. For example, my mother drilled at me when I was a young age. Brushed her teeth every morning. I'm still brushing my teeth every morning. Why? Because it's drilled into me. Right? If you drill a child in good traits when they're young, it stays in their own life. You tell a teacher child not to tell lies, say. It's a fantastic trait. People don't realize what an important trait it is. The child will be truthful all their life because the mother and the father taught the child. So if a child is compared to an arrow, just like once you lose control, the arrow's gone, it's gone as well. The child's also gone. You've lost control. There's no control. It's not like a missile. You can still control the missile. Over here, an arrow. A child is like an arrow. Once he's out the house, gone. And you know what? Today it's getting even less time. Because kids don't listen. Once they're teenagers, it's very hard. Very hard. Control a teenager is very hard. They get to the age where they think they know more than the parents. You know, children don't know more. People don't realize. The children don't realize that we don't know more than we parents. <laughs> you know, the, the, the saying is, a guy says, when I was 20, I thought my father was a fool. 
When I got to 30, I said, maybe he knows something. When I got to 40, I said, wow, he really knows a lot. <laughs> but it takes a long time for us to realize. <laughs> Unfortunately, it takes a long time to realize how wise the old generation is. How wise. Wisdom is street wise, street smart. They may not know about computers. They may not know about smartphones, but they're very street smart. They know about life, which is important. So that's real love for one's children. Teach them righteousness, even justice. Teach them how to serve Hashem. And that's why Avraham Avinu was chosen. He was chosen because the Torah says he will teach his children after him. Sadaqah Mishpah, two things, righteousness and justice. What's the difference between righteousness and justice? And the answer is very simple. There's a beautiful court case of LaGuardia. LaGuardia was the mayor of New York. His mother was Jewish, and he was a judge. Before he became mayor, he was a judge. And he's in the court case at a... It was in the 1920s, the Depression. And they caught a guy stealing a loaf of bread. They bring him to court. And in the court, the judge, he's a judge, says, witnesses, yes, witnesses, he stole the loaf of bread. He admitted, I stole a loaf of bread, yeah, my children are starving, what do you want me to do? I said, steal this loaf of bread. So he says, you're, you're guilty. You have to pay the owner of the store back a loaf of bread. And then look what he says. That's justice. But since there's a, a hungry person in this, in this courtroom who has to steal to, to, to feed his children, I find everyone in this courtroom, a penny each, <laughs> to pay for the loaf of bread. That's righteousness. Righteousness is justice is justice is justice. But righteousness is making up the money so that he can pay. Give tzedakah. So the poor man won't have to be killed or punished because he's had to steal to, to earn his living. It's terrible. So that's justice and righteousness. And that's why Abraham Avinu was chosen. Hashem says, because I know he will command his children and his household after him. That's number one. So love your child, love them by teaching them. Don't love them by giving whatever they want. Give them moral lessons. Find today there's a thing called an ethical will. Instead of just writing down who I leave my money to, Write down what values I want them to have. These are the values I want you to have. Not just the money, but also values. Love and money. A person should, number one, know not to covet. Not to, that's the tenth commandment. Tenth commandment is, don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. So that guy's a beautiful car, and this guy's a beautiful house, and this guy's got money in the bank, and this guy's a multimillionaire, and this guy's a multi-billionaire today. Don't be jealous. <laughs> Why? Hashem gives everyone according to what they need. And a person should love my money, but I don't love other people's money. I don't find it necessary to steal, rob. And a person can give to others and be generous with their money. So this is, a, this is against, going against the love of money. It's very hard. A person should love money. And everyone loves money. Who can not say, I, I don't love money. We love money, but love money to do misfortune with. Don't have money just to put in the bank and say, yeah, i got money in the bank. I have the money for my children to go to yeshiva, go this, do this, or do that. So that's very important. I have money in order that I can learn Torah. I can fix times to learn Torah. It says, Rabbeinu Tam, Rashi's grandson. This is all about 1200s. When he learned Torah, he put four gold coins on the table. Why? He says, now I have peace of mind. Now I can devote myself to learning. I have money to get by. I don't have to worry about money. So that's the idea. The idea is... So, so a person would be able to use one's wealth to be able to earn the next world. We don't really realize. This world is just a short time. 
That's it. It's very short. And the older you get, the shorter it is. And the older you get, the more you think life is a dream. How did all this time? I can't remember. How did I pass this? How did I get to this age? It's like a dream. It's like a, you know, last yesterday I was looking at last night I was looking at a movie of when I became the rabbi here, twenty-eight years ago. The movie, nineteen ninety-two. And I see all the old faces. I said, "Where are these people? They're gone." I mean, uh, oh, you know, the shul has changed completely drastically. One into another. Most of the members are gone. They're, they're, they're in the cemetery, shul cemetery. And it's like being a whirlwind. It's just people come, people go, people come, people. You know, person looks, blinks, and the life is over. So what we have to do is we have to strive. This world is here to invest in the next world. Person has money. Invest the money to acquire the next world. How do you acquire the next world? The answer is by doing mitzvot with one's money, and this way a person can find security in the next world. And the love of one's wife also, love of one's spouse. A person's spouse saves them from sin, saves them from immoral conduct. A person fulfills the mitzvah of pruvu, having children. So therefore, it keeps a person on the straight. Now that's why in Judaism, getting married is side priority. Because without marriage would be immoral. So stay moral. One wife, good life. How's it go? Happy wife. Happy wife. Happy wife, happy, happy life. Happy wife, happy life. So it's very important, this idea that a person should realize it's morality. It's about morality. And this way they can both devote themselves to building a household of Hashem. Study Torah, do Hashem's commandments. Uh, talk about uh, Ezer Kenegdo. The Torah says a woman will be a man's Ezer Kenegdo. Contradiction. His helper against him. How can you be a helper against him? I said the analogy is gas and brakes. When he's doing the right thing, help him. Gas. Give him gas. Right? Push the gas pedal. He's doing the right thing. Give him gas pedal. He's doing the wrong thing against him. So that's a woman's job. A woman's job is to be the moral arbiter of the house. So my mother was a moral arbiter. I'm moral because my mother is moral. It's amazing. She would tell us this is wrong. This is right. <laughs> she was our guide, a moral guide. Imagine. The Torah says, Alti tosh, Torati mecha. Don't turn away from the Torah of your mother. Because your mother is the moral arbiter. She is the one who gives the morality in the house. It's very true. It's good. Okay. So a person should also love their relatives, but not to the point where the relative's always right. Okay? So if they bring them to the right path, you should love them. If they bring them to the wrong path, you can't listen to your parents. The Torah says, keep my Shabbat, and a man should fear his mother and father. Who do you fear? He says, Ish says, uh, A man should fear his mother and his father. Why is he put mother first? Because normally you fear your father. Normally a person naturally fears their father. In those days at least. Today we don't fear anyone. Today is no. In those days the father had the belt. Oh yeah, my father came. Oh boy. Don't get involved with my father. Boy. You don't get involved. My father comes home. We run away. That's it. That's it. If we did something wrong, scared. Do your mother said, I'm going to tell your father? Oh, you people tremble. In those good old days. Today, yeah, okay. Daddy's a pushover. No problem. I can handle my daddy. But today, in those days, forget about it. So the Torah says, Ish Fear your mother. Because most people didn't fear their mother. So the Torah says, Put the mother first. Fear your mother first. And then it says, But keep my Shabbat. 
In other words, if your parents say don't keep Shabbat, Shabbat cares priority. Even though the Torah says fear your parents, only fear them when they don't transgress the Torah. Only fear them when they're telling you not to transgress. So love of, of relatives is qualified. Are they doing the right thing? Are they advising you the right thing? I was going to know. <coughs> so we find Abraham Avinu saves his brother-in-law, Lot. He loved his, his brother-in-law, Lot. Unfortunately, it was a big failure. Lot was a big failure in a sense. Why? He tried his best to teach Lot, but Lot left him. It was a failure on Abraham's part. Abraham Avinu is doing outreach to the whole world. Sometimes you can't do outreach to your own brother-in-law. That's a tough situation. So that's what it means to love your relative in the right way, to teach them right things. And to love other people. What does it say by Harun Kohen, right? In Pirkei what does it say? Be like the students of Harun. Ohev Shalom. Love peace. Rodev Shalom. Run after peace. Ohev Love people. Karavan the Torah. Bring them close to the Torah. So in other words, the person loves people, wants to be around people, doesn't bring them close to the Torah. Defeat the purpose. The whole purpose of love of people is not just to love them and have fun with them, but to bring them closer to the morality and the ethics. It's so hard. It's so hard. Okay. It's very hard to be a moral guide to people. To love them and be a moral guide. Now we come to help people. To love people, you have to help them. How can I... How can a person reach the stage of loving all people? This is what I'm saying. A person who try and help other people with time and effort and with money. How do you look after people with your own body? He said you should serve them. We find that... What's the story? Parashat Yitro. Yitro comes to visit Israel in the desert. So the, the Torah says, Aaron and the elders and Yitro are sitting down. So Rashi says, hey, where's Moshe Rabbeinu? Where's Moshe Rabbeinu? Does it say Moshe Rabbeinu sitting down? So the Rashi says, amazing idea. He says, Moshe Rabbeinu was serving them food. Who was serving Yitro food? His own son-in-law. Moshe Rabbeinu, the great leader of Israel, what was he doing? He was serving them food. The Gemara brings down a story of Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel was the chief rabbi. And all the rabbis went to visit Rabban Gamliel. And Rabban Gamliel was serving them food. He said, Rabban Gamliel, you're the chief rabbi, you shouldn't be serving us food. He said, we learned it from Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest serving them food. Abraham Amin was the greatest serving everyone food. How much he loved other people. Why? To bring them closer to God. Moshe Rabbeinu worked on his own father-in-law to bring them closer to God. He says, Yitro, don't leave us. I'll put you on the Sanhedrin. I'll put you on the highest judge court. Can I? So the Torah doesn't say how successful he was, but he tried his best to bring him close. So that's how a person should love their, their relatives and love their friends. To serve them, in a sense. Try and help them, in a sense. Help them with financially. If a person needs uh, financial support, give him a loan. But not shame him, not embarrass him. So a person's going to try and, and make a deal. Other people try and help them as much as they can. And a wise man will tell his son, Shema Bani, listen to me, my son. If you want to join other people, join wise people. Shlomo Melech says, 
if you if you stay close, if you're friends with good people, if you're friends with wise people, you'll be wise as well. If you're friends with fools, you'll also be a fool. Our peer pressure is the the biggest form of teachings for peer pressure. So depends who one's friends are. A person's got to be a companion to the wise and not a companion to the fools. A person's got to have companionship with people who have good midot, good traits. If you need help, he will help you. If you grow angry, he will have patience with you and you will learn from his good deeds. And be a companion to everyone with whom you can learn things that will bring you to the service of Hashem. Okay, so a person's got to know who to hang around. That's the, that's the key. And that's what we're telling children. Who do you hang around in school? Hang around with people who you can trust. Hang around with people who you want to associate with. Good people. With good midot. And a person's not allowed to hang around a, w- a wicked person. Both in business or social or community affairs. How do we know? Because the prophet, what happened was there was a fight. The king of Israel, the northern kingdom, and the king of Judah joined together to fight a common enemy. The Syrians, the Syrians, trouble. And because the king of Judah joined the king of Israel, who was evil, who was idol worshiper, he lost the battle. Tremendous, terrible thing. And the prophet tells him, because you joined with this evil person, Ahaziah, Hashem has made you lose the war. Because you joined the evil person. And even for a, for a mitzvah, a person shouldn't join an evil person. The rabbi said, Pre-Kabur. Keep away from an evil person. You know, we say this every day in our morning prayers. We say every day. Keep us away from a bad friend, a bad neighbor. What's worse, a bad friend or a bad neighbor? What's worse? What's worse? Bad neighbor. Bad neighbor, why? Can't you can't get away from him. 24-7, he's right next door to you. When I was living in Vancouver, I lived in a duplex. Never lived in a duplex, never. With a bad, with a bad neighbor, it's the worst experience in the world. Because when I was sleeping, he was awake. And when I was awake, he was sleeping. Worst combination. Why? I'm sleeping, we're sleeping. Kids, he's playing his, he's having parties at night. Two o'clock in the morning, disco, music, loud, rockers, da, da, da. Can't sleep. Then when we woke up, he starts complaining. He can't sleep. He's, sleep, he's sleeping in the daytime. <laughs> the kids are running around. So one day, my, my cousin was visiting. He called the police. Two o'clock in the morning, he calls the police. His neighbor won't let us sleep. So the police, we, we hear through the walls. They're very thin walls. The, neighbor, the police talking to the neighbor. Put your music down. You know, the neighbor can't sleep. He said, listen, his kids keep me awake in the morning. I'll keep him awake at night. <laughs> so that's a bad neighbor. You're stuck with a bad neighbor. That's the worst, worst feeling. You can't get rid of the neighbor. That's why I pray every day, keep me away from a bad neighbor. But a bad friend, that's up to you. you just, don't go near him. That's all. Don't go near him. Don't associate. So now he comes to. What should a person do? Look what he says. This is the general rule now. This is the general rule. A person should be careful from guarding themselves from these things. And have gentle words with people. A person should be pleasant and sociable. Doesn't abuse anyone. Honors other people. And deals with every person honestly. And does not spend too much time in the gatherings of the ignorant and their parties. Occupies themselves with Torah. Amazing. And not separate from the community and make oneself a hermit. Such a person sanctifies Hashem's name and will draw people closer. 
And a person should love to be, live a long life, not for eating and drinking the frivolous pleasures of life, but a person should think, there's so much Torah to learn. I need time to learn Torah. I want to live long in order to finish the whole Torah before I go. Honestly, a person should, that's what they should pray. Hashem, give me life so I can fix myself in this world and learn as much Torah as I can in this world. And my life should please you, Hashem. And every day I should grow in love of Hashem and fear of Hashem. And that is true life. How do we know that's true life? Because Rivka tells Yitzhak. Look what she tells Yitzhak. She says, If Yaakov will take wives from the daughters of Chet, like Yesav's wives, what I need to live for. This is not life. Life is about seeing your children taking good people as spouses. Life is about enjoying good deeds, not bad deeds. And the opposite, death. So death can be in this world as well. Seeing one's children doing evil, associated with evil people, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing. And we should all be worthy of a good life, Bezrat Hashem, and a life which is, uh, we pray, it's uh, one of the prayers at the end of the Shemun Ezra. Ahavat Torah, Love of Torah and fear of God, Bezrat Hashem, all of us. And that way we'll be worthy of the next world, Bezrat Hashem. Thank you all for coming. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.